You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host and presenter, David Leo. Today's show was recorded yesterday, as of right now, I'm currently in the northwest of Tasmania, one of the schools there. This will be a first time where I'm uh, hosting and presenting. Jason's been trying to train me up on this. So um, I, I really hope that we can all enjoy today's um, pre-recorded show. We've been going through um, a series called The Currency of God's Kingdom. And I've recently been talking about how uh, I believe that the family unit or the way that God's created family is a way to demonstrate his love towards us and how we can reciprocate that type of love back to God. And so we've started off with looking at marriage, how uh, marriage is, a, is something that God created between man and woman, that they can understand uh, that type of love, that type of service, that type of selfless love. And then uh, we looked at marriage and divorce, looking at the, the nuances and the things that, um, you know, in the current culture that we have to deal with. And uh, I've been saying that I remember when I was single, I didn't have to really think about um, what others were thinking and, and, and wanting to do. And as soon as I met my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, I had to start thinking for two people and make compromises and meeting halfway. And, uh, and then we're now moving into another section of when a husband and wife expand the, f- the family even further and have children. And then you're going to start thinking for them as well. So that's what we're hearing at, at this, this moment of time. And, you know, it is, is always a mystery. You know, I remember when my, um, when I first had my son, uh, when he was born <laughs> and, uh, we went home. I think it was about the second week. It was the second week at home when I was looking at him. I woke up and I was looking at him inside his, uh, his cot and it dawned on me that this, this little baby is actually my baby. He was actually my son. It took a couple of weeks for me to actually click and I thought, wow, this is amazing. So I walked up to the cot and I was looking at him and, I had this overwhelming feeling of, wow, this is uh <laughs> this is a, this is a little mini me. You know, this is something that's come from my wife and myself. And I really took that as a gift. And so I want to talk about that, where that understanding comes from. You know, in Psalms 127 verse three, it tells us that the children are a gift, a heritage from the, from the Lord. And uh, in the ESV, it says the fruit of the womb is a reward. So, I want to look at that. In fact, that's that's where I want to. Uh, although this isn't live, I, I want you to. I want to encourage you to respond to the question that I'm going to, I'm going to put out this morning because I think it's a, it's important for us to to consider how our children are a gift from God. You know, just on Sunday that uh, just Sunday past, we did a fundraiser at Bunnings, and the fundraiser was for our Pathfinder clubs that I've mentioned before. And I, it was for my for the Pathfinder Club that my daughter attends, and there were three dads there, including myself, a mother, and um, one of the younger girls. Uh, she was seventeen, so she was old enough to come along and and help us out. But you know, why would why would these four parents give up a Sunday? You know, it was basically full time hours going from um, starting at eight o'clock. And finishing around four, well, we, we finished up around five. 
why would they give up their time on a Sunday when they could spend time with the family and, you know, and, and doing the fundraiser instead? I mean, this is just an example. This is just serving as an example. I mean, one of the, the leader that was there, his name's Nigel. And uh, the whole reason why we're doing the fundraiser is because we want to get this Pathfinder Club over to a, to a massive international camporee where over 20,000 kids and staff are going to attend. And it's going to be huge over in Wyoming, America next year. But they'll give up a Sunday, and this is not going to be the only Sunday they're going to give up. They'll be giving up further Sundays as well. And the answer to that is because they love their kids. Not only their kids, but also the other kids in the club as well. And so the question that comes from that is, where does that love come from? <laughs> where does that love come from? That's a that's where we, we want to go go with the, uh, the the show today. We want to focus on how do we... How do we understand that type of love? So being a parent, being a, you know, when, when, as soon as you become a dad and a mum, things start turning and turning around entirely. You know, you, the person that you were before and the person you become now, mm, well, once you become a parent, it's a totally different story. You know, it says in, um, in, uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 22 verse six, here's a, Here's a verse that my dad used to always repeat to us over and over again. <laughs> it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. What I'm trying to say is that when you become a parent, um, you have to be responsible. Hmm, responsibility. So the question was, where does that love come from? We talked about spousal love. You know, there's a romantic love. There's a, there's a feeling of faith and duty and, um, going to commonplace when you have a, a husband or a wife, you make vows to each other. But being a parent, it's not so much a choice like it was as a spouse. Now it's an obligation. You've, when you have a child, you know, you don't make a vow with a child. If the child doesn't make a vow with you, you've made an obligation that I'm going to do everything I can to look after this child. And that's a commitment and the responsibility comes, comes with it. Now, what's this got to do with salvation? Um, there's a, there's a story of Enoch. There's a book called Patriarchs and Prophets. And, um, the name of the author in that book is Alan White. In fact, the, the book that we're going to give away today is from the same author as well. But she mentions this, this, uh, this particular, this really important character in the Bible. If I was to ask you, Who's the who's the oldest man that ever lived in the Bible? Some of you Bible students will probably come back with the answer and say, "Oh, it was Methuselah." Right? That's the that's the answer that come back, but that'd be the incorrect answer because Methuselah was the oldest man that ever died. Right? There's another gentleman found in Genesis five verse twenty one to twenty four. This is this. It says. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. So we're talking about Methuselah's dad. Enoch walked with God. After he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters, thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So Enoch's alive even to this particular day, which is amazing. But in the book, Patriarchs and Prophets, the commentary that Alan White makes on this particular man says that, uh, Enoch, you know, he, he was, he was a, he was a man that desperately wanted to have association with Jesus Christ every single day. 
he was showing things of you know when the you know, where the world was at, the current state of the world, that there was going to be judgment of the flood, that he could see the second coming of Jesus Christ, and he was showing so many things of what's going to happen in the future because he was so keen on wanting to know what was in the mind of Christ. He wanted to understand salvation. And when salvation was shared with him, not just from directly from God, but also from he heard it from the lips of Adam. He got to hear what Jesus taught him. And, uh, you know, Adam's sons and the son's sons. So Enoch was part of this the family that had the gospel. And so when Enoch had his son Methuselah, the commentary from Patrick's and Prophets says that he suddenly had a new insight as to what the salvation, the plan of salvation, you know, in, 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 well, what, what it gathered, you know, everything that he thought about, he was like, wow, salvation has to do with God giving his only son. And so my imagination, I think about this, and I think, man, he was holding Methuselah in his arms. And now he understood that when God had shared with him, listen, I'm going to send my only son who's going to come and be that, uh, that animal that you sacrifice on the altar. This is, who, this, is, this is what all those animals represent. Jesus is going to come. The Messiah is going to come and redeem all of the human race from the blood of this uh, this the son of mine, my only begotten son, and now with the son in his hands and the affection that he feels towards this the son, this Methuselah, this everything that he um, that he under, that he could muster inside of him, the emotional understanding. Before he was probably trying to piece it together when when God was sharing with him all these things, and he heard the plan of salvation from his grandfathers and his fathers and, and whatnot. Now he understood as he held his own son in his hands. Wow. There's this this uh, love that I feel. These um, what I'm willing to do for this child of mine that I'm holding in my hands. Uh, I, I now understand uh, what God's been trying to teach me. And so, as we get into the next segment, I want to um, introduce the idea of Abraham and Isaac. How Abraham is the only human being in this whole world that I believe I'm convinced that he's the only one that understood the heart of the Father and what it means to give up. So give up something that you, someone that you truly love with all your heart in order to do what is right, in order to do what is right for the world and for others that you love so much. But we're going to go into our, um, our song, which is, um, oh, before I do that, here's our, here's our question. This is a question I want you to consider. If you are a parent, what is it about your kids that gives you the greatest joy? What is it about your kids that make you feel like they're a heritage from the Lord and they are indeed a reward? And so text us your question, uh, text us your, uh, your answers on 0488880891. The number is 0488880891. So here's our song, The Love of, uh, that, that we're about to, um, play. The Love of God by One Glory. Is greater far than tongue or pen can never tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bow down with care. God sent his son. 
that I uh, posed before I'd like to encourage you to to um, to answer is if you are a parent what is it about your kids that give you the greatest joy now we're running a competition this month so I want to encourage you to answer this question if you answer this question you know you could uh, be in for the uh, to win some prizes we're looking at some merchandise from Faith Affair a jacket mugs things to give away there so um, make sure to answer the question and uh, another way you can enter into this uh, prize giveaway is by texting BASS, B-A-S-S, to 488 Let me repeat that. 488 So you can answer the question, 
by responding to that text. I'd love to hear, hear your answers. I'll, I'll definitely make sure to read them. And um, also, if you text BASS, you can get an extra entry into the prize giveaway. So the question was, if you are a parent, what is it about your kids that gives you the greatest joy? I have to tell you, um, the greatest joy that I get from my kids is when they ask amazing questions that I don't even know what the answers are to. And then we have to explore the answers together. My, um, my oldest is 15, so he's starting to make the transition. We're already, my wife and I are already counting down. In you know, the next couple of, we've only got a couple of years left with him because he wants to go to college. He wants to probably leave the coop. Well, that's something where <laughs> we don't know whether it's going to happen or not. But, um, you know, my daughter's 12 and my youngest is nine. So they're all moving along. But the joy that I get, you know, even when we're just sitting, sitting at the dinner table, having a chat, Hearing them have their own brains now and, and putting things together and their, their outlook on the world, it gives me a lot of joy. I st- and even now, maybe it's the, maybe it's cause I still feel like a boy. I still enjoy wrestling with my older son. He's much stronger than he used to be. So, and I think I'm weaker than I used to be. So uh, there's a bit of neutrality there, but I definitely enjoy that. We, we finished off the last segment talking about Enoch, you know, starting to work out and the, 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 the love from God and the plan of salvation. Um, you know, I talked about the, the, the people, the guys that go out of their way to do fundraising. You know, if you're a parent, I can guarantee that you've done some, you've made some crazy decisions and done some things for your kids that you wouldn't do for anybody else. They get a sense of <clears throat> privilege that nobody else does. And sometimes, you know, our kids really take advantage of that. You know, I'm already thinking of last night when there was a couple of, um, wrappers and food scraps left on the coffee table in the front. You know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the kids. Obviously, they know that there's an invisible cleaner that comes somewhere around, you know, around the evening time to take care of all that kind of thing. And yet, so they, they have these privileges. Well, the next person I wanted to look at, um, Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22. You know, when we go to the story that we find in the Bible, you know, I, I said that I believe that Abraham is the only person in history they got to understand that John 3.16, that popular um, Bible verse that says, you know, um, what does it say now? Somebody has to, has to memorize it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And you probably know the rest. But who, who can understand what that's like? And before that text was even written, before that, the, the, the Bible verse was even you know, sort of recited by other people, Abraham experienced that firsthand, you know, what it's like to have to give up your only son. In fact, I'm going to read Genesis 22, verse 1. It says, <clears throat> after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. <clears throat> the response from Abraham. And then God put the test to him. Take that son of yours, the one that I promised that you will have, that will be the, the, you know, you're going to have a family as far as the eye can see. And your son is going to, it's going to be the one that I require. And Abraham makes the test. And I just want you to imagine. I've, I've heard other parents say this, you know, I've heard other people say this when we've had discussions and they've said, I could never do anything like that. I could never do something like that where I have to give up my, my, uh, my child. Imagine yourself having to do that. 
imagine having a test like that where your child has to be put up for a sacrifice. Um, there's another place in the Bible that's a pretty gross, grotesque thing to even imagine. But some people are put in such a desperate situation, you'll find it in the book of Second Kings 6. These people were sieged. It was a, it was a people of God. It was, it was Israel, a place called Samaria. And these people weren't tested. They were just really desperate. They were in a famine. And they were willing to give up their children. Right? And so when I'm talking about the love of a parent and the plan of salvation, where does that love come from? We know, I know there's, uh, I'm not going to make references to articles, but we know that there are stories around the world where you <laughs> hear of parents that don't show a parental love, right? And for anybody, when we just start, when we start seeing that, we start realizing, man, the world's going to a, to a different place when a father or a mother cannot even do it themselves. Um, I still remember, this is a personal experience myself, but I remember a girl that was, that was my age at the time, I think I was 16 or 17, and I had no idea that she was uh, pregnant. But when she gave birth to her, her baby, she tried to she tried to throw the baby in the bin. And um, that baby didn't live. Right, it's a, you know, and and I wondered at that time, even as a teenager, how could you do that with a with a child that's yours and somebody else's? You know, how do, how does that happen? We know the world's going to a different place when we're willing to sacrifice our kids for our own selfish reasons, right? And you can see that in the world now. You know, things that where where parents are making decisions for kids that are even not even at a mature age to even be able to have the capacity of intellectual or, or emotional capacity to make decisions for themselves. But this is not what we're talking about with Abraham. <clears throat> Abraham is, is doing this out of obedience to God. He has trusted God in various situations before he's come to an understanding that this God that he walks with is a God that he can trust. And he knows even in the situation, when you read the story in Genesis 22, <clears throat> Abraham says to his servants, the boy and I, are going up to the mountain and he says, we are coming back again. And I always wondered to myself, did Abraham believe in the resurrection? Did he believe that God was going to bring Isaac back to life? Did he believe that uh, it wasn't going to happen like it turned out? Did, was there something that Abraham understood? But in any case, Abraham was indeed a loving parent and uh, he was doing it out of obedience. Now, for most of us, and I hope for most all our listeners that are our parents, you have this type of love. It's a, it's a crazy love. Like I can, I can think about my, my kids now and it will make me smile. You know, and, and it's, it's something that my wife and I have to do when we go out by ourselves. When my wife and I go out, go out on a date, we intentionally have to tell each other, let's not talk about our kids. But guess what happens? The kids come up. It's like, oh, we're going to stop this. We consciously have to go, let's, let's talk about something else. But we're constantly thinking about how can our kids' lives be better? Right? Most parents, they're always thinking about, oh, how can my, uh, how can I make my son or my daughter's life better than mine was? What type of thinking is that? Where does that come from? <laughs> and as we start to understand now, when we talk about the love of God and you start thinking about the way that you parent, and if you're not a parent, you think about the love that your parents gave you, that they doted over you and they fussed over you. 
you know, that's, um, that's a, that's an amazing thing, right? And so today I really want to, um, I want to encourage, uh, everyone, you know, if, if, as, as a parent, do the best you can to get tips. Uh, one of the best things that I ever did was asking other parents, you know, when I see their kids and they're, they're awesome kids and I think, Hey, well, what did you do to bring your, bring your kids up? And what are some tips that you can give me? There's one particular book that I really encourage. Um, as I said before, uh, written by Alan White. It's a book called Child Guidance. Child Guidance. I'm going to give the, um, I'm going to give the, code later on and when you get the code make sure to text that uh, text the code into the to the number that we will provide and you know you could um you can get yourself a copy when we've got three copies to give away so make sure to get in quick and again i want to encourage you we uh, we're giving a um giving away prizes faith of family giving away prizes this month so if you answer that question the question again was if you are a parent what is it about your kids that gives you the greatest joy if you are a parent, what is it about your kids that give you the greatest joy? And the number to text your answer to is 0488-880-891. And again, keep your ears peeled. I'm going to give you the um, the code for the book soon. And the book is for uh, child guidance. I'd highly recommend this book. She gives some tips that you would think that was written so long ago, but you would n- never think that some of the things that she writes in here are so relevant and uh, so needed in the in the world that we're living in living in today. So, when you look at your children, um, you know whether they're they're young or they're old, you know there's ne- it's never too late to be a, to to mother them or father them because you know that's your role for life. <laughs> your parent forever from this point on. So the next song we're going to go to is um, How Marvelous How Marvelous by Daniel Renstrom And I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean How marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall ever be How marvelous, how wonderful Is my Savior's love for me took my sins and my sorrows and made them his very own. And he bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died Shall ever be How marvelous 
made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM with me, David Leo, and the series that I've been going through, Currency of God's Kingdom. And we'll be talking on the topic of parenting. Now, this is episode five. So if you haven't uh, heard any of the previous episodes, you can download the app Faith FM and you can uh, you can listen to all the previous uh, episodes that we've discussed, which was based on uh, marriage, and uh, now we're looking at parenting. We've been talking about how the family unit is a demonstration, which I believe is a demonstration of how we understand God's love towards us and how we can reciprocate that love back to God. And um, talking about parenting, looking at Enoch and Abraham, and understanding that affection that we have as a parent is the way that God wants us to understand how much He loves us what you're willing to put on the line. I've put up, put out a question. What is it about your children that give you the greatest joy? Um, a friend of ours, I don't know if he's ever been on the radio, uh, Pastor Eugene Gonzalez. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pastor here in uh, Tasmania. He's just had babies. So congratulations to Eugene and Michelle. They're having the, they've had their first child. I was born just last Sabbath. And I'm, 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 I'm already expecting all the spam coming up on Facebook and Instagram and you know, um, you know, the happiness that you have as a baby, but talking with my wife, you know, you, you start, you know, as a mother, you know, the, 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 the pain that they go through and carrying a baby for nine months and then labor. I remember being there with my wife when she was in labor and I'm like, man, women, mothers all do this. <laughs> they all do this. And then, you know, as my mom said, um, you know, that was the most painful part of having a child. Was when you guys became teenagers. That's when that was the most painful part that my mother reckons. And so, um, you know, there's uh, the, the the things, the pain, the inconveniences that that parents will go through in order to to bring up their children. And we start to understand, wow, 
the inconveniences and the patience and the grace and the forgiveness that God has towards us. Uh, I'll never forget one of the greatest stories <laughs> that stuck with me um, from a friend back in, in Brisbane when she was sharing as a parent, uh, you know, the, the love of God. She said uh, she had just finished uh, mopping up the, the kitchen and her daughter wanted to help her out. Her daughter was like three years old at the time. And um, her daughter basically just poured water all over the kitchen floor and made a mess of it and turned to her mother and said, uh, Mom, I just finished helping you cleaning the kitchen floor. And the mother said, oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you know, now you can go tidy your room. And so as the little girl went to her room, she mopped up the floor again. And she she thought to herself when she was mopping it up, she was like, man, the little frustration that she felt was like, this is how God must feel about us when we think we've cleaned something up, but we've just made a mess of it again. You know, when God comes along, comes along and <laughs> cleans up our mess, you know, and, and this is a, this is definitely an experience that I want to talk about this later on is being children, being children of God later on. I want to talk about that in, in, the, in the next episode. But being a parent, I can definitely, um, see things differently. Everything that my parents did, I'm now starting to, um, starting to really count and go, wow, I, I, I took that for granted at the time. You know, and then you think about this, you think about our God, our eternal God that has been there since the very beginning. They could have just left us to our own devices uh, and, and all these things that could have been done, but he didn't. And now there's a, it, it's interesting. Um, there's a text in the Bible which uh, gives a, a, a relation to how a mother would feel. You know, in Luke 13, Luke 13, 34, it says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing? Compares the love that he has to a hen gathering the chooks, right? Like a mother, mother, mother hen gathering chooks under its wings. Jesus makes this reference and mothers probably can relate to that. You know, um, he even makes another reference in Isaiah. Just come to my, to my head now. I can't remember exactly where it is in Isaiah, but makes a reference and says that a, a mother may forget to breastfeed her children, but the Lord will never forget his children. You know, it, it, it's, it's amazing. You know, sometimes I pray with, um, I pray with other parents and they say things like this. They say, you know, Lord, we love our children, but we know that you love them more. That, that really strikes, strikes a chord in, in, in me, you know, because I don't know how to, I don't know how to maximize my love anymore, but God does. God knows how to do that. And so we start to learn something else. There's another very, very important text. In fact, in the Seventh-day Adventist church, we call this the Elijah message. The story of Elijah uh, summed up is basically Elijah goes up into Mount Carmel, has a showdown with these false prophets from Babylon. Oh, so um, false prophets of, the, of Jezebel, who's uh, the Phoenician queen at the time. And um, it's basically a showdown to see whose God is the real God. And Elijah gives this proposition. Choose Baal or choose the God that, uh, choose the real God, the creator God, or face the consequences. And so that's the Elijah message, to choose, make the decision. And very similar to a very important message that uh, Seventh-day Adventists hold on to in Revelation 14 is basically feel God, feel God and worship God, the one that created. Or Babylon. Babylon has fallen. 
either go for that one, and in both cases, face the consequences. But in the Elijah message, it's found in Malachi 4 verse 6. This is what it says. <clears throat> it says, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. King James says a curse, this curse. The Elijah message, it pivots and hangs on this thought that of the turning of the hearts of fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. You know, it, it really goes into the, the idea that fathers playing role models to their children in order to win their hearts, right? And when the hearts are won, the children will turn their hearts towards their father. And the last part there says, lest I come and strike the land with a, with a curse. This is a huge thing. You know, it's, it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger issue, especially in the Western world, as father absenteeism is beginning, getting bigger and bigger. There are studies across the board, uh, peer-reviewed articles, books written where um, with the absence of the fathers, you know, the children, um, they're, they're, they're less less likely to be, um, uh, I don't like using the word successful, as so some of these books do because that, that seems to be a subjective thing. But there are things that, that kids miss out on when the father's not there. And this particular text, I'll, I'll get into that probably in the next episode, but the, the next text that comes that, uh, it says in Elijah, uh, in Malachi 4 verse 6, it says, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Or as another, uh, another version says, strike the earth with a curse. What's that curse? Well, the only one that had to face that utter curse was Jesus Christ himself. The way that the Father showed the heart that he has was to send his only begotten Son in order to face that curse that you and I would not have to. So who faced the curse? The father and the son. The father, just like, just like Abraham expressed his, his, uh, affection through the story of Abraham and Jesus demonstrated as, as if he was Isaac willing to put his life on the line, not just, we're talking about eternal life. We understand that that curse was eternal death. And so we see the demonstration of the heart of the Father showing to the world of how he's going to win our hearts. Basically, he's saying, I'm willing to put everything out there in order for the children, the children that I have, all the humans that I've created, I want to win their hearts by letting them know that I was willing to put eternal life at risk in order to win their hearts. That's the love that God would show to us. And so I want to give you the book offer again today, bringing up children. It's called Child Guidance by Alan White. It's a, a book that covers the essentials of parenting with chapters on specific building blocks of character, such as purity, cheerfulness, self-control, reverence, respect, honesty, cleanliness, and courtesy. It includes guidance on how to teach self-denial, how to mold how to mold the world, reinforce good habits, evoke penitence without resentment, and conduct effective family worships. And if there's anything Elijah Message wants to teach us, it's the importance of these family worships. 
And so our next song, <laughs> definitely dedicated to God, is a song by Watermark and it's called You Are My Stronghold. Lord, you are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear if you are near? And Lord, you are my peace when there is war all around me. And even here inside me, I will have no fear. Listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking about parenting. And uh, I promised the code to claim our free offer that we're giving away this um, this morning. And it's uh, the code is for child guidance. And I highly recommend this book for our parents, even if you want to give it to your children that are probably having children. Um, the code is Family Fourteen. That's a capital F. 
A-M-I-L-Y 1-4, no spaces, family 14, text that through to 048-880-891. And also, don't forget to answer the question, the question that we've put through today. What's the greatest joy that you'll, if you're a parent, what's the greatest joy that your kids give you? And you'll, you'll enter a, a, a giveaway that, um, we're having for some Faith of Him merch, merchandise, jacket, mugs, pens, or whatever it is. You could be in to, to win that. And if you want to put in an extra entry, then you can text in Bass, B-A-S-S, Bass. You could probably say Bass too. Bass to 0488-880-891. Why not get some free giveaways? Who doesn't want a free giveaway? But that's, um, yeah, that, there, there are those books. We've got three to give away. So be texting quickly. Get yourself a copy of Child Guidance. So we've talked about parenting. Uh, I've been trying to argue for the last few episodes too that I believe that, that the family unit, the way that God created the family unit, starting with husband and wife, be fruitful and multiply, starting with the, the husband and wife, then having children, Next week, we're talking about being a child. All these things are a demonstration of how we should understand how God's kingdom works. In fact, I, I'll give you an example. Um, Jesus said, when somebody asked him about the kingdom of God, his response was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. This was indeed a reflection of uh, how God's kingdom works. It's um, it. It pointed back and referenced the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments being the the love that you have for God, and then the last six commandments being the love that you have for each other. You know, there's a there's a huge reference there of what it means to live in relationships. So what we learn in families, what we're supposed to learn in families between husband and wife, which we've already covered in the last uh, couple of episodes, what we're meant to learn is how we're supposed to do relationships. You know, if you were never put in a social atmosphere, uh, you would never understand how loving relationships work. But because if you are in a loving relationship with husband and wife, and then you have children, in fact, I believe it might have been this book, Child Guidance, that my wife was reading um, when we were married. And uh, you might have heard last week, uh, my wife had to tell me when things were getting serious, as we were seeing each other, she said, uh, David, there, this might make or break the future of our relationship. And she was quite serious. And so I said to her, look, you know, let me know what it is because she said it's important. You got to know what it's important that I know what this, this thing is before we continue our relationship. So she revealed to me that she had a condition where uh, doctors have said to her that she would not be able to have children. So I did the most um, sensitive thing any any man would do, and I suggested to her, well, why don't you go see my doctor as well and get a second opinion? Um, I, I realize now that that was probably not the response she was after, but it did shatter me because uh, since I was, I reckon since I was in my teens, I'd already imagined me having children. Um, I suppose my parents put that in me, I'm not sure, but and she knew too that it was important to have children as well. And at the time when we... We got married, obviously. I still married her knowing that uh, that was the situation and left that in God's hands. But um, she must have read the book, Child, I believe it was Child Guidance. And um, one evening she brought up a discussion and said, David, I want to discuss something with you that's really important. 
again, I said, yes, what, what's it about? And she said that she was looking at adopting. What if we adopt some, uh, adopt children? I'd never considered that ever before. And I asked her, <clears throat> why, why is that something that's important to you? And she said, well, in this book, Child Guidance, um, if it is the one, it's either that one or Adventist Home. But she said, I read in there that, um, in order for us to understand selflessness, we, sh- we have children. That's how we understand selflessness. And I thought, oh, when she read it, she read it out to me. I can't remember word for word, but it made sense. And so that was the first time in my life where I was, I was thinking, you know what? Let's seriously consider this. Let's consider, um, you know, adopting children <laughs> to understand selflessness. You've heard, if you've been listening to Faith FM for a while this year, you've heard from, uh, Pastor Darrell up in Northwest. He's had about 30 foster children. So I think Daryl has a good understanding of what it means to be a selfless parent because he's uh, taken a lot of children through his, through his home. <laughs> and so, um, you know, in that, in that suggestion from child guidance, that goes to show how much, um, how much being a parent teaches us selflessness. It's a different level to being with a spouse, with a fellow, fellow, uh, a fellow person that understands the way the mind works you have the same type of maturity but then when you have a child they are so immature they don't know how to clothe themselves when they're born you know they don't know how to feed themselves they cry for things and you're you're willing to to you know to respond to their every whim um you know my wife was a a very stringent mother you know um i, I still remember even to even now you know sometimes she tries to put on a a, a voice of trying to tell the kids off, but I know deep down inside she's like she just wants to be real soft with them. But she, you know, she loves her kids like something, something else. And even, and even for myself, you know, I find myself doing crazy things. Um, you know, waking up in the morning. In fact, I told my son this when I was teaching my older son. You know, you need to be more appreciative of of, uh, of things that your parents do for you. And I remember when I had my first job. My first job was delivering newspapers. I don't know if anybody remembers <laughs> those days before apps, but we, I, I literally used to go around and, um, um, you know, throw newspapers to the people that were subscribed to these papers. And it took me about, took me about two hours on the bike. But for the first week, I didn't have a bike. My bike was broken. And so I had to get another bike. But my dad would wake up on a Sunday morning and drive me around. And, uh, I didn't, I took that for granted at the time, but, these are the type of things, you know, that's only a small token of what uh, my dad and my mother were willing to do. And now that I'm in their shoes and I have my own kids, I realize too, wow, man, what, what type of love is this that we're willing to do this for our children? And then furthermore, we have a God that's been there since the beginning of time. Children, generation after generation after generation, some just rejecting him just reject him and not wanting to know anything about him. But some responding and realizing, wow, the love that he shows to me, I want to reciprocate that type of love back to the God that that, uh, that shows that much love towards me. And my, my prayer and my hope is that you would understand this love that God has towards you and that you would reciprocate this love and, re- and respond with, Lord, I want, I want to give myself to you, just like Isaac did, just like Jesus did. And just like any loving child would. And so uh, may God bless you in the, in the week to come. And I look forward to sharing again 
next week. And I want to leave you with this Bible text in Jeremiah 31 verse 3. The Lord appeared to him from far away, said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Uh, therefore, I have continued my faithfulness towards you. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. So tomorrow you're going to be here with, uh, with Pastor David Maxwell and Jason. And he's looking at a title called Rest and Recreation. Rest and Recreation, what could that be about? Well, he's going to give us a, a breakdown of the Sabbath and what that means with rest and recreation. So again, for a free copy of Child Guidance, text FAMILY14, no space, to 0488-880-891. And next week, uh, as we continue the currency of God's kingdom, it's being a child of God. What it's like to be a child of God. Putting everything that we have and trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, I want to uh, reiterate the, for the for the book, Family fourteen to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one zero four double eight eight double eight zero eight nine one. I highly recommend it. So may God bless you for the rest of today. And I look forward to sharing with you next week. The song is by Jason Horde, featuring Lizzie Bailey, Emily Hearn, and Gerald Zwan. How deep the Father's love. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That He should give His only Son. His treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which are the chosen
his wounds have been. 